Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you'll pick up. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode 174 of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. I hope everybody's doing fantastically well. I'm Darren Saul, your host. And today we have a fantastic show. My good friend Estelle Coombe Heath is here. Hi. We're going to be chatting all about how food affects your mood and productivity. So everybody who doesn't know Stell, Stell is the number one authority in helping busy women stop binge eating. She's on a mission to help a million women have a better relationship with food and their body. Stell is a transformational health and life coach, cognitive behavioral therapist, podcast host, and published author. Her primary focus is helping women with binge and emotional eating, self-esteem, and body image. From a background in business analytics, Stell now leads various programs on changing mindsets around life and eating. She has a vision of a future where women and young girls no longer feel ashamed of their bodies. As a holistic coach, Stell infuses cognitive behavioral therapy, yoga, and emotional resilience into her consultations with clients. Stell's sessions encourage clients to dive into self-transformation through self-actualization. I love it. Still, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Darren. My pleasure. I mean, obviously, we've known each other for a while. I've been following you yeah. for quite some time, and I love what you do. Oh, thank you so much. But um, maybe give us a little bit, give the audience a little bit more detail into how you fell into this journey and why you're so passionate about this topic. Yeah. Okay. So I think um, like many entrepreneurs, um, this journey came through a lived experience. I had a disordered relationship with food and my body for over 13 years, wow. um, which involved um, into two eating disorders, binge eating disorder, orthorexia. I also had body dysmorphia and obviously on top of that emotional eating as well. And it's, you know, it was a constant struggle for me because I was successful in my career. Back then I was still working in IT. Um, I was, um, you know, I was a health fanatic. So I was really, really um, excited and enthusiastic about running back then. Um, but I just couldn't understand why I couldn't get my eating right. It felt like there was just this missing piece of the puzzle um, which really got my self-esteem down. You know, it's it's not like my, my body didn't look like, you know, there is no real look for a binge eater, just the other way, but my body didn't look out of shape. Um, so it was this deep secret that I kind of carried within me. And yeah, it was just kind of a, a long and sad journey for me. Um, and Eventually, 2018, late November, almost three years ago, I actually just decided that it's not, it's got nothing to do with food here. I've tried all the food avenues. There has to be something else. Yep. And once I started looking in other areas, that's when I started realizing, wow, there's a lot more here than just discipline and willpower. 
Yep. Um, I got myself a coach who helped me, who specialized in eating disorders. And eventually she said to me, you know what, you have such a great way. You've got all these amazing tools like yoga and your cognitive behavioral therapy. You should think about helping others with binge eating as well. And I went, no, <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> and lo and behold, here we are. <laughs> and here we are two and a half years later. <laughs> wow. But you know what? It's interesting because, you know, hearing you speak, we're, we're all emotional eaters to some degree, no? I'm emotional. Yes. I'm, I'm an emotional eater. I mean, when, I, when I'm stressed, <laughs> I either eat or I don't eat. You know, when I'm happy, I either eat or I don't eat. We're all emotional eaters to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. And if someone says to you, to you, I'm not an emotional eater, then ask me if they eat birthday cake because yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> food is just so much part of our culture and our community. And it is very much an emotional thing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with emotional eating um, and a little bit of stress eating. The problem is when we become obsessive and we try dangerous self-correcting methods yeah. uh, to make up for it. Yeah, so true. And I suppose guilt, there's guilt along the way as well. You know, the, the yes. guilt that we put on ourselves when we, after that day of binge eating, God, <laughs> why did I have to have that extra piece of cake? Or why couldn't I have stopped it? You know, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, unfortunately that's, um, you know, when we think about how we, our, our minds work, we start with the thoughts like, yeah. God, why did I do that? Then we have the emotional response to that, which is guilt, shame, overwhelm. Yeah. All of a sudden you have all these emotions that you don't enjoy. Guess what we like doing with those emotions? Distract ourselves with right. mostly it's, food. It's a 360 degree spiral. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow. Crazy stuff. Crazy. But I mean, I mean, let's break it down for everybody just from, right from the top. Explain to us what food and eating properly really does to our mood and our life and work. You know, how can we, um, how does it affect us? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, there's, there's two edges of this kind of conversation. The one is that, you know, food can affect how, um, our mood in a certain extent. Um, if you think about it, if you eat something that is quite delicious, it can bring, uh, you know, quite a nice little feel to it. it. can also make you feel rebellious if you constantly think that you shouldn't be eating things. If you, you know, keep saying, oh, I'm naughty when I eat this. Yeah. Uh, it can actually make you feel rebellious. And, um, and then there's also the fact that certain um, our mood can absolutely affect how our food choices as well, you know, and that's usually, um, it's, it's, it's actually all moods because we've been, um, we've been conditioned since we were little babies to use food as a soothing tool. So you, we eat food when we're happy, we eat food when we're sad, um, with breakups, with celebrations, weddings, yeah. all of those things, yeah. food is there. So, you know, I think what we've also now got in our, you know, in our current society is this constant pressure of, you know, the latest fad eating plan or, you know, being extremely healthy. And it's become quite fashionable to cut everything out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So variations of diets and it never stops. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, our, our bodies are built to survive. We have this um, survival mechanism in the brain um, called like part of the hypothalamus. And that part of the brain is going to keep us alive. So if you start cutting out food, we create this perception of food shortage. Yep. That's the same part of the brain. I can't see if a tiger is chasing you when we're stressed. Yep. It doesn't have eyes, but it creates, a, it responds to this perception that there's um, scarcity. So when we cut everything out, unfortunately, we are going to feel like we're emotionally eating or we're eating for reasons of, um, you know, um, of non-hunger. Yeah. Most of the time, though, when we do cut everything out, we're eating too little. Definitely, definitely. And that creates that that's, um, a hormonal imbalance in our bodies, which is um, our hunger hormone, ghrelin, kind of builds up and builds up. And then we can't feel fullness. That's when you can't stop eating or you have those severe sugar cravings after you've already eaten a meal. Um, so... You know, coming in from a bit of more of a relaxed perspective when it comes to food, that's really going to help us be more perceptive, um, especially of our emotions and understanding um, whether we're actually hungry or just craving something because we we haven't allowed ourselves to have it for so long. Yeah, and that's one of the worst things for the body, isn't it, to be in that hunger state because that's when you store everything that you put into your body. Your body thinks it's in starvation mode. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a few things that happen. So first off, yes, you, you've got this um, ghrelin overload. Uh, that then creates a, a peptide in your brain that actually stimulates, um, it sets off cravings for high energy foods. So you're going to feel like you're constantly thinking about sugary foods or carbohydrate foods or those fatty foods that you um, kind of try and avoid. Mm. Um and the reason why it's doing that is because it knows that if I eat that, that's going to give me a quick hit of energy if I need to run away from that perceived tiger or lion. <laughs> but <laughs> I can also store a little bit for later. So that process actually slows down your metabolism. The less you eat, the and, you know, there's a lot of controversy over, like, you know, whether fasting is good for you or not. Unfortunately, yeah. if you if you deprive your body of like food, your metabolism will slow down. And that's why people find it harder and harder to maintain their healthy lifestyle with eating and exercise. They just feel like they can't, you know, they doing exercising more and eating less. However, their bodies are not changing in, you know, um, whether that's wanting to change weight or energy levels, stress levels, those kind of things. Yep, yep. I mean, I've noticed with myself that when I'm like, I'm quite a structured eater. And I can eat even very similar things every single day with slight yeah. variation. But if I eat very regularly, smaller meals very regularly, or even larger meals very regularly, my whole system works much better than if mm. I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And most people function like that. There are a few. Um, and this is where I kind of say, you know, we need to feel into what works for our own individual bodies. Sure. But, you know, if we do go those long periods of time, unfortunately, you know, we don't have any energy to think clearly. Yeah. Uh, we lose concentration. Um, you know, you, you go into that um, phase, which I like to term hangry. <laughs> also, also sometimes hangry, known, like known as the, the fuck it effect. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> excuse I my French, it. but... <laughs> 
where it's just like I, you know, it gets hungry and angry at the same time. But then also when you eat, it's like, well, I don't actually care. Like some yeah. people actually You're feel starving. like they're just their brains just switch off or they just have lose all control. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, listening to you, it kind of brings up the question of um, preparation and organization. If you're prepared mm-hmm. and you're organized ahead, ahead of time, you'll have that happen to you less. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I always say to my clients, make sure that you have something in your handbag or yeah. in your desk. And at first when I start working with them, they're like, oh no, I can't can't keep anything at my desk because I'll just eat it. And I'm like, well, that's just because of that deprivation mentality. Like the more you get used to it being there and the more you allow yourself to eat more regularly, you'll, you'll find that that stuff might sit there for a few weeks. if You forget about it. (laughs) Or even just, you know, people that, you know, you're going to be, you know, working in a particular area or doing a particular job where you might not be able to go and grab Mm. anything, just bring some lunch, you know, and make it balanced and, you know, make it wholesome and your body will be much happier for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And your mood. Your mood as well, you know, and um, I always like when I used to travel, the first thing I'd do is I'd go down to my, the supermarket, whether it's Coles or Woolies and I'd go see if they have chopped up veggie sticks or, you know, little packs of roasted chickpeas or whatever the case is, something that was convenient, little crackers and cheese, just stuff that I could keep on me that would just keep my body moving. Um, as, yeah, especially if you know that there's long periods of, or days where you just, <laughs> you know, in, like have meetings all day or, you know, really? it's just, yeah, it can get crazy. It'll just make your life much more interesting and much more enjoyable. <laughs> but, I mean, we've already yeah. kind of given some people some tips, but I really wanted to drill down into give us some great strategies for better eating. You know, we've covered mm-hmm. preparation, we've covered um, consistency. You know, what else can we do to really make sure we're eating properly for success? Yeah. So um, I would say, you know, kind of go back to the eat the rainbow philosophy, try and find foods like variations of foods. Uh, When we do that, you actually get different nutrients from our fruits and vegetables. Um, You know, also, you know, the rainbow also includes our carbohydrates, of course, but um, you know, so vary your thing, your your eating plan. That adds a lot of variety in the mind as well. You don't get bored with certain things, Darren. You yeah. might not have that that problem. <laughs> I don't but have for problem. some people, they're like, oh no, I just can't face and you know another salad this week. I've had them all the time. Okay, yeah. well, you know, you don't have to eat salad. You can, you know pick some roast veggies or yeah. you know, you know, get creative on that perspective. So I would say eat the eat the rainbow. Um, be less restrictive on, you know, what you allow and what you don't allow for balance, you know, enjoy that chalky and savor it. (laughs) I would say don't rush. um, You know, if you feel like anything is like more unusual, really enjoy it. Um, Another thing that I like to mention to people is we often so distracted when it comes to eating and you can be the healthiest eater if you don't chew your food properly if you're not conscious about what you're eating it's almost like just opening your stomach and just putting that apple in there um so your stomach true. goes well what am i going to do with this so chew your food properly slow down when you eat and that's really going to just help a lot with um your eating side and when we satisfied our you know we get all the nutrients um I mean, less reactive, we can think more clearly. 
So this is where we can become less re um, uh, less reactive to stresses or to you know bad news or those kind of things, and we yeah. can think rationally without reaching for the peanut butter jar or the the ice cream tub or whatever yeah. the case. Or the vending machine <laughs> down the hall. The vending machine, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the cafe across the road with the beautiful muffins. <laughs> well, I kind of had to adjust all my talks, like to exclude the vending machine for over COVID because right. everyone was working from it's home. Cool. It's the fridge. <laughs> just two centimeters away yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. and what about eating at your desk what do you, what do you say about that oh uh, yeah that is something i used to do uh, for so many years and unfortunately you know again you are multitasking when you eat mm -hmm. um you probably not breathing in between bites so you and you're also eating under a lot of stress normally because you're trying to get an email out yeah. there's a very little breathing Oxygen is really good for digestion, um, but it also calms the nervous system, which means there's enough blood to digest your food. Whereas if you stress, that that blood goes to your limbs yeah. so that you can run away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you are going to feel indigestion. Um, you're probably going to feel like you haven't eaten really anything. You're going to yeah. feel like you've missed out because you're not enjoying it. Eating is a sensual experience. You know, we use, we look at food, we taste it, we feel the textures, we smell it. And if you distracted with that, you won't pick that up. And that's when we feel like, oh, I've, I've just eaten that, but I could actually do with another plate because I don't feel, I feel cheated out of this yeah, meal. Feel like I've missed lunch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, what happened? The day's gone. And I suppose, you know, adding to what we were talking about before about mood, you know, if you take your food outside and sit at the park bench or sit outside under the sun for 10 minutes and just breathe mm -hmm. fresh air and, you know, get some, see the world around you and get some uh, nature, that's probably a good thing as well for your mood. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, especially nature and vitamin D in the yep. sun. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's just going to really help, especially with our um, stress levels. And okay. awesome. yeah. So it's really just about, a lot of it's about preparation and pre-thought and, being aware, being self-aware mm. enough to, to make the right choices when you need to make them. Yeah, yeah. And that's where the, you know, mindfulness comes in. Um, and, you know, often, often mindful eating is just applied to like, oh, okay, I will just mindfully choose something or I'll mindfully um, eat one little piece, but there's more mindfulness. Like, like you said, the choices where we eat, how, you know, our, yeah. our mood when we eat um, all helps. <laughs> and food is such an important part of culture as well. You know, yes, meeting people yeah. to have lunch, to have a coffee, to dine. It's mm. part of our social, social activity. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing. We'll never really get away from that. And yeah. if you do, you'll feel like you're missing out. Yeah. So I suppose <laughs> the right choices, being smart. Yes. Vicky. Absolutely. Awesome. Now, Stel, you've written a book, I believe. You've just Yay! written and launched the book. So let's have a look. Yes. Okay. So that's what it looks like. Uh, it felt quite good to have my name on, on the cover. It's a food and mood journal. Um, I felt, you know, my clients, this is basically the tools that I give my clients on a daily basis. Um, I, I know there's so much information out there with regards to what to eat and when to eat, but not a lot on just tracking how these two things inter interlate. Um, and the people who have bought the book have said, wow, I just don't, I didn't realize how 
my mood is some days just completely out there. I didn't actually, because I don't track that, you know, like we don't normally track those kind of things. Right. We ignore that. Yeah. So she's like, I'm shocked. So like even just noticing um, how I feel has made a difference in me and I can add in more things to help me with self-care and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's really just a way for us to start slowing down. Um, it's not about counting calories. It's really just writing down and see how, the foods you ate kind of affects your mood and also how you felt while you ate that food and how that shows up later in your cravings, um, your energy and those kind of things. It's an eight week kind of uh, food and mood tracker um, with a few little affirmations and oh, just, yeah, just a, a way to bring some mindfulness to the eating process. Right. And so, and how long did you, um, how long did it take to put that together? Uh, it took quite, I mean, because it's more like a workbook and most of it is kind of, um, the similar, um, so that didn't take me long, but I think it was more conceptualizing it and also just, you know, the research into, you know, where people might need a concept like this or, you know, how that might support people, um, so that's what took longer. And then also, you know, a little bit of fear of putting something out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say it was that long, probably roughly two and a half months. Okay. Just, Great. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. you know, the, the, the concept and the passion has been with you for years. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I mean, I think it's a really great, um, a great thing because Again, it's bringing people back to being aware of what they're doing when they're eating, how they're feeling when they're eating, self-awareness around that relationship they have with food and their mood is key, as we mentioned. So I think that's exactly what this book is going to, is going to help people with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people have said, wow, just, just the awareness alone has helped me um, talk myself off a ledge when I came to a binge or wow. it's, it's, it's helped me just to see that, wow, I don't, I'm actually not drinking any water <laughs> or, you know, so people just realize, oh, okay, there's stuff I didn't really know. Um, and it's a more of a relaxed way of tracking food. It's, it's not meant to be regimental and going, oh, I had 10 grains of rice. I wonder how I'm going to run that off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, yes. That, that was probably just me. But back in my day. I'm sure it's everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. And I mean, how do you actually work with people? Do you do one-on-one -on -one coaching? Do you do um, a lot of uh, virtual type um, programs? Do you do a bit of everything? I'd love for the audience to know a bit more about how they can actually work with you. Yeah, absolutely. So my um, coaching or my programs are all online. So we normally meet on Zoom and it's just the delivery that kind of changes between, um, you know, which program the clients come on. I've got a one-on-one -on -one program, which is a real deep dive into okay. healing relationship with food, then looking at the emotional factors and then building habits that last. So, you know, you get a complete overhaul on how you see yourself, how you see food, how you deal with your emotions. Um, and then I have a shorter version, which is a group program, eight weeks. Um, and that is called the Rewire Your Overeating Brain Mastermind. Hey, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Rewire Your Overeating Brain Mastermind. <laughs> 
Yeah, and that has been um, something I've been focusing on a lot this year. I found that it's it's amazing to support people one on one, but they still feel quite lonely in the process. And since I've opened up the doors into a more of a group setting, people just feel like, oh gosh, I'm not having to do this journey alone. Yeah. Um, they're like, oh, okay, Stella, I understand that you've done this, but you know, you're on the other side. Whereas now with the group program, they're like, oh, I've got someone here that's holding my hand. We set up accountability buddies. Nice. It becomes almost like a sisterhood. Uh, everyone just supports one another, which is really ph phenomenal. Um, and I really enjoy that. Yeah. So those are the two main ways. Um, every now and then I run something called a food zombie challenge, which is kind of <laughs> currently running. <laughs> so tell us about that. What's that? The food zombie challenge? So I actually, um, through my years of binge eating, I always felt like I was possessed with food. A lot of my clients said to me that they feel like either they possessed or there's a demon or devil sitting on their shoulder and their brain just switches off. And for me, it always felt like during the throes of a binge, yeah. like I was eating like a zombie without remorse, just tearing yeah. into yeah. food without any consequences. So it's like a mad person. <laughs> Yeah, and that's how the, the food zombie mode was born. And, uh, you know, through my work with clients and also my experiences, I came up with um, different ways the food zombie shows up. So there's anxious Annie, which is a stress eater. There's late night Lizzie, who just can't stop binge eating at night. We have Wagon Wonder, who likes to self-sabotage all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Possessed Patsy, who thinks about food all the time. And then we've got um, Counting Cassie, who's obsessed with counting calories and making right. sure that everything is like, you know, correct. And so basically... <laughs> the five archetypes you, of, of the zombie eating. Yes, yes. So if, if you would like to, I could actually share a quiz with you, Darren, if you would sure. like to find out your food zombie personality or your binge eating I'm, personality. I'm scared I, will, now. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I can share that with you. Um, it's just a light-hearted light way to kind of um, understand and relate to some of our behaviors. Yeah. And so, yeah, every, every few months I run a food zombie challenge where we actually, I take them through, um, a way to handle each one of the zombies so that you come out at the end with feeling food freedom. Um, and yeah, so. <laughs> awesome. And now do you, it seems that you only work with women. Do you work with men as well or only women? You know, I have been approached by men. Uh, however, like my methods will work with men or women. Uh, it's, you know, like, you know, strangely enough, binge eating disorder is one of the, the biggest problems now, especially in Australia and also in the US. And, you know, it doesn't really have a specific gender that it targets. It, it can target anyone. And the pandemic, what that's taught us is, you know, a lot of people started looking for comfort with food and those kind of things. So usually my marketing is aimed towards women just because I like, I can relate uh, from that perspective, but you know, my methods will work um, for both. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm sure they will. I mean, and fascinating enough, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the lockdown, et cetera. Have you noticed any, or have you learned anything or had any real aha moments about people's relationship with food um, through the lockdown and now post lockdown, have you any insights that you can share with us that really were aha moments for you? Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people kind of, 
um, felt like the pantry was calling their name or all of a sudden they just had this problem with snacks in, yep. in the pantry, that kind of thing. And, you know, one thing that I normally mention is like that problem was probably already there, mm -hmm. but you were at work all the time. So you only noticed that on the weekends. Exactly. So things don't just happen all of a sudden is, is one, one, scenario but also because we've were thrown into a you know a pandemic there's fears of what's going to happen are we going to is there apocalypse yeah, coming you know like, <laughs> then we had a real perceived food shortage when we had all that panic buying so all of a sudden there is now a panic about food that adds a lot of stress and cortisol to us whether we've had food issues or not yeah. like I don't know about you Darren but like a few weeks when I went shopping a few weeks into lockdown that first one my heart just sank and I actually came home shaking because you know um just of my history and I've always like now try and tell myself that there's plenty of food I'll never go hungry yeah. and that was really really scary and yeah, I do remember <laughs> I remember like rummaging around trying to find where can I buy chicken breast which supermarket has chicken breast this morning because a lot of them were out of stock yeah or like people fighting over the last can of corn yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like wow this is just and we won't go we far. won't go to the toilet paper that's like the other <laughs> that's the other end of the, of the spectrum <laughs> yeah so you know um that alone can add a lot of stress to to people's eating habits um you know that perceived people who've never had food issues might now have a perceived shortage in the survival mind yeah um but we also you know um having to adjust to the lifestyles we have like that added a lot of stress like any change is stressful yeah. if you think about it if you move house that's sure. rated one of the number one stresses in the world and oh, like right. usually it's supposed to be one of the most exciting things right but it's change yeah. all of a sudden you have to find a new route to work all of a sudden you need to find a new gym or you know a new friendship group if you're moving very far away from everything so you uprooted and the same with what happened during COVID everyone now has to adjust to a new lifestyle uprooted from the office environment you know you know most of them I'm not a parent but most of them now have to take on new roles which they have you know kind of not like they didn't have time, but they still had a full-time job. Now you have to do schooling as well. Yeah, so there's more and added stress in your day as well to organize and, <laughs> and, you know, so less time to eat properly. Less time to organize and less me time, yep. um, you know, and, and that's kind of what's like um, the pandemic really stressed the stress that we need that time for ourselves, that yeah. time, whether it's five minutes or, you know, if you can afford now that the salons are open and everything else, if you can treat yourself to just some time where you don't have to talk to anyone or, you know, you can just be with a close friend having your nails done or sitting outside in the sun. Yeah. Um, that's important whether we have a pandemic or not like yeah. we just need to make sure that we support ourselves so um, true, in so this true. highly stressed world yeah so and, and a really good point you made i mean you know because i think we're going to be now moving into a hybrid style work environment where we'll be sometimes working from home and sometimes working from the office you know we need to be more mindful about mm. our relationship with food and and the uh and the fridge 
in the pantry yes. because we will be working from home more often. I actually saw a friend of mine um, put up a, like it was kind of like a, a joke, but it wasn't, it was her reality. She, she went back to the office and now people are labeling their, their lunch, <laughs> which <laughs> never used to happen. But I think mm-hmm. what's happened is everyone's like, well, this is mine. <laughs> I need to just make sure that everyone knows that this food is mine. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. We're going to have to be more prepared now. It's not just like you can walk over to the fridge and get your lunch. You've got and I have to make sure that you pack your lunch on the days where you are at the office or yeah. on the road. A lot of people are out back wrapping, that kind of thing. Make sure that you have keep hydrated and, you know, make sure that you eat your breakfast in time before you leave for work so that you're not ravenous by the time you get to the office. <laughs> just, it's just fascinating. It just goes to show you how important food is in our lives. Mm. In our every <laughs> daily activity, food is there. It's just fascinating. Well, it's one of our three staple survival things, right? We've got oxygen, yep. which you can't live without for a few minutes. We've got water, uh, one or two days, and then there's food, which is probably like a week, and that's it. <laughs> so, yeah. Important. <laughs> Very important, yeah. Absolutely. Well, Stel, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I'd love you to tell everybody how they can find you if they want to. Oh, thank you so much. Yes. So um, I, as you mentioned before, Darren helped me actually to set up my own podcast um, exactly almost a year ago. I think oh the 18th of November was the day I actually launched my podcast. Um, so... <laughs> That's a fantastic podcast as well, of course. Yeah, so that is called Beyond Overeating by Wholesome Lifestyle Project. So you're welcome to come and hang over there. Uh, I'm also uh, on Instagram a lot. Uh, Wholesome Lifestyle Project is my handle. Um, And also Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Food Freedom for Binge and Emotional Eaters. So you're welcome to join that as well. Fantastic. And of course, you've got a website, I'm sure. I have my website, wholesomelifestyleproject.com. And if you're looking for the links for, if you're not from Australia, um, I've got um, on there, if you just look for shop, um, I've got all the links for all the countries for the Freedom Me Journal on there as oh, well. Oh, fantastic. Awesome. And um, what I'll do is I'll put all those notes, all those links in the show notes for everybody so they can access all those things. And that includes obviously the book. And, oh, thank um, you. <laughs> and the podcast, absolutely, which is fantastic. But uh, Stell, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I always like to give my guests the last word. So anything that you want to, you know, leave us with today about food or mood or emotional <laughs> eating? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, emotional eating is, um, first of all, there's nothing wrong if, with you if you emotionally eat. Um, it's, you know, something that we can work with. And it's usually just a symptom of something else going on. And once we start understanding and we're open to support ourselves with with that notion, then we we are able to kind of move forward with emotional eating, get the help that we need. Um, And don't let it bother you like all the time. (laughs) So true. Love it. And uh, everybody out there, Estelle is a wealth of knowledge in this area. So get in touch with her, listen to her podcast, buy a book, check out all the content that she has because she's really a fantastic um, source of material and inspiration to get you on the right track with your eating. Um, so thank you so much for being on the show, Estelle. It's been an absolute pleasure. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Darren. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. And for all the listeners out there, just a quick big shout out. 
Thanks, guys, for all your support. We're nearly uh, getting to episode 175, so we're climbing. Um, so I'd just love to ask anybody who hasn't yet, would love any reviews on Google or on uh, wherever you can find the podcast or any or YouTube. Um, and uh, any audio support is always welcome. So thanks again, Stell. That's episode 174. And we'll be back very, very soon for 175 of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended <laughs> Animation Podcast. Bye for now. Bye.